All right, here we go. Welcome to the Nexus. I'm glad to be here in the Nexus. What a delightful time it is to be alive in 2022 and in the Nexus. In the Nexus day, we'll be talking about uh, one of our most popular topics, going with our uh, the trends in our, our podcast. Uh, seems to be our professional wrestling discussions seem to get the most listens. So we're going to continue on that theme of professional wrestling. Um, tonight we're talking about who's who's over but not over with us. Um, so let's start with what does over mean in wrestling? Scott? Well, Steve, in, in my understanding of the term over is uh, whether or not, and, and it doesn't have to be necessarily to the good or to the bad, it's whether or not a, a wrestler or a pair of wrestlers or a stable of wrestlers or a manager or whatever, whatever we're talking about uh, is getting a significant reaction from the crowd. Uh, they, if they are a, a baby face, uh, which I guess we'll need to define those terms too. So the, the baby face would be your, your good guys. Um, they're getting, you know, the, 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 the crowd's getting pumped up because they're there and they're doing their thing and they want to see them win and et cetera, et cetera. Or if they're a heel, which is, you know, equates to the bad guys, uh, then they are drawing lots of booze and you sucks and maybe garbage being thrown in the ring and that sort of thing. And, and when that happens, particularly the garbage in the ring, because that that's, uh, and maybe we'll talk about that some tonight, but there's a couple of matches that you, you can think back to or, or events that uh, really drew the, the ire of the crowd, as it were. And so that's what we uh, think of when we think of over. Are you winning over the crowd i guess is where it comes from maybe uh are you winning over the crowd in the sense that either a you're winning them over to like you or a you're or b you're winning them over to hate you right it's just that, as important in in being over in professional wrestling to be you know you want to be the the baddest heel you can so that way what whatever you do to the baby face uh, makes the reaction for them even stronger Exactly. So basically without uh, the good guys can't be over unless the bad guys are over. Agreed. Yes. Because yeah, because it's, it's a, uh, you know, what's the other, it's a two to tango type thing that uh, if, if the good guys are dominating bad guys that are not entertaining or whatever, then it's just, then it's, it's boring. And right, if just, the bad guys, if the bad guys are, wearing out whoever's supposed to be the baby face and it's not, you know, and, and this is in terms, not just of action in the ring, but also in, in, in talking in, in yelling and screaming and whatever, if the bad guys are just wearing out the good guys, then it becomes frustrating. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a whole play and, uh, that kind of, uh, you know, give and take between the two, it has to have a certain level of, believability and uh and flow right and, and interest good? is well it has to be interesting that's part of it too like if it's just, we're, we'll get into that and in some of our examples of some things just aren't interesting right agreed no matter how agreed. great you look um no matter how well you wrestle um agreed if, if you're missing parts of this equation it, you're not going to be over that's true so That's let's true. let's talk about the uh, the be I'm going to start with the best examples of being over, um, and Hulk Hogan would be the the ultimate over, um, and he was put over by a couple things as his appearance in Rocky Three, of course. Um, mm -hmm. Fans knew him from that, but what put him over was he beat the Iron Sheik in early 1984, and of course there was a time with a lot of hostility with Iran. There still is, but he beat a character that was a heel who represented the country of Iran. And so Hulk Hogan beating him, the fact that the Iron Sheik was so over as a heel made Hulk Hogan's victory even bigger and put him over even more. That makes sense. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And so when we think about, uh, so, so when you say, when you say Hulk Hogan, um, so I guess my question to you then to begin this is 
we are we're naming some some examples of those who would have been over um, or, or, or who were very successful at being over. Is this in essence uh, our favorites over over time or is this just now we're, really we're just, good examples of being over? right now? Yeah, we're just talking about examples of being over. Who are the, who are the top people that were just absolutely like Hulk Hogan's the rare example, too, of he was he's probably no one's been more over as a baby face than Hulk Hogan and no one's been more over as a heel. Than Hulk Hogan or Hollywood Hulk Hogan, so he he is he's that over that as a baby face and a heel, he revolutionized the sport on both ends of the spectrum. So who is so, who is someone that you would say like best example of being over in professional wrestling besides Hulk Hogan? Well, Ric Flair would be the next one. Yep, absolutely. Uh, that that would that would have to be brought to mind because uh, Flair. Uh, although I will say. I'm not sure what I would say as far as Hogan goes, uh, whether I personally enjoyed him as a babyface more, as a heel more, because he did both very well. Um, Flair, without question, even though he did both well, was a much better heel. Oh, absolutely. He was he was definitely more over as a heel, and that's where he gets yes. to he gets to really shine uh, in in mm-hmm. being the the persona comes out, the the pompousness comes out. Well, and I'd, right. I'd rather see him. I like Rick. I love Rick. I'd rather see him as a heel. Uh, even that's strange well, to and say. The, yeah, and 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 that's the whole the whole appeal. You 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 said you use the word pompous, and and I just think of you know the limousine riding, jet flying, Rolex wearing, Rolex wearing son of a gun. You know that uh, that everything about him from from the the walk to the entrance music to the robe. Uh, to the gaudiness of the of the big belt, you know, which you know he of course had on more times than anybody else, uh, and for the longest amount of time, at least in in NWA, WCW, et cetera, et cetera, uh, just uh, uh, exceptional. Uh, and then when you pair him, or not pair him, but accompany him with the four horsemen, or or the other three horsemen, I guess I should say, in uh, in whatever rendition of them although you know i think you and i probably are both still the most partial to the original rendition oh yeah of the four horsemen uh you know and, and that would and, be and Ar- and Ole and rick flair and tully blanchard and tully blanchard and then you throw in their their manager james j Dillon, and the mentor and business manager of the horsemen right exactly then you have just everything that it takes uh for just a great long, long run of being over. And so, so he would, he would, I think fall right in there at number two and a very close number two, I would say, uh, I, I know, agree. It, uh, flair is just Hogan is the wrestling icon, but flair is just shy of that. So I think yeah. a great example of being, um, being over, uh, for, we're talking about like the top examples of being over also is the rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, almost everybody absolutely. universally knows who The Rock is. If The Rock were mm-hmm. getting to the wrestling ring right now, tomorrow, people would tune in and watch. Uh, people who don't care mm-hmm. about wrestling uh, would watch The Rock wrestle because they know his per- his personality was so big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And and The Rock uh, is another one who had great success as both a uh, a babyface and a heel. Uh, he. I think for the rock, he's probably the opposite of flair, uh, in that he probably did his best work as a baby face. Uh, but, but he also was that baby face in a time when baby faces were different than they were when maybe Hulk and flair were in their prime. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, you know, after, uh, and 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 I, I guess I will go. I've I've got several here that I, I can think of, but I, I I feel like we're going more iconic and more impactful in what we're saying. So I would say that the next one is is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I, I thought it would be uh, the next one on my mind. Um, and certainly, he is the one that gave the that defined the new babyface, maybe uh, the babyface that the antihero. Some, yes. That, that it wasn't necessarily, uh, well, he certainly wasn't say your, uh, say your prayers, take your vitamins, 
uh, kind of guy. I love America, wear the flag, you know, all that kind of stuff that, that Hulk, the Hulkster did during the eighties. Um, you know, he was the beer swilling, uh, you know, foul mouth, don't trust anybody, you know, give the finger to, uh, the establishment quite literally, uh, kind of, 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 yeah, like, as you said, anti-hero, that's, that's a great way to put it, but that was a new, a new and different way of being over. Uh, so, you know, the rock, I think particularly as a baby face, uh, was able to benefit from what Austin had kind of established. And I feel like the rock took it to a new level, uh, with not only his, uh, um, his verbal gimmicks is that is that a way to say it to you know you smell what the rock is cooking and uh, his eyebrow all, yeah and and that the yeah, people's uh, eyebrow absolutely body language gimmicks uh and you know i mean i would say is it safe to say that the rock because am i missing somebody that i'm not thinking about is the one who's most successfully parlayed wrestling into an acting career is that much, is that much better than Hulk Hogan did? You know, there's absolutely. We'll, we'll mention this name later. John Cena has an acting career. Uh, yes, but honestly, John Cena wrestled at a time where I wasn't paying attention. So, um, I know he was wrestler, yeah. but I really have no opinions on him at all. Agreed, agreed. And 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 you know, of course, uh, Roddy Piper had uh, it lives or <laughs> oh, it lives is good. That's a great. They live is what it was called. They live. That's a great. Movie. They live. That's right. That's right. Yeah. With Ernie Hudson, this is terrific. It, it's a John Carpenter movie. You know how much I like John Carpenter. Um, I, I do. I do. Right, so let's get into our, our main event. Um, and the main event is who's not over with us that um, just just wrestlers uh, in general, like a wrestler that came on the scene can be uh, our most of our wrestling knowledge is somewhere from the uh, early to mid 80s through the early 2000s. Um, uh-huh. With with a little bit of gaps in there, uh, I really wasn't not I'm not very knowledgeable about wrestling past 2001. Um, other than knowing, I think that's uh, yeah. I th- I think you might exceed me by about a year there. I don't know. I th- I I really can't recall much. I maybe after the uh, the fall of WCW, uh, I I watched maybe a few weeks into maybe even a year. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I may be more like around June, maybe June or May of 2000 would be the last. Yeah. That, that was really, yeah, WCW was, uh, you know, had like seven people in the crowd, less yeah. less than the old um, Atlanta recorded uh, uh, Jim Cocker promotions in studio. It looked right. like just a tiny crowd. So I'm going to start right. this over by the, the wrestler that made me think about, you know, who just was never over. Um, and I'm going to have some bigger names in this too. And, and I think important in this is like, I heard Arn Anderson say this in another podcast is like, you like who you like, you don't, you don't, who you don't. And that's okay. Everyone's got different opinions. So it's not mm-hmm. so much a disagreement here on, on who, who, why we think this way. Um, you know, not, not a discussion between us, but just kind of saying like this wrestler was never over for these reasons. So I'm going to start off with WCW, uh, probably 98 and that is Raven. Um, Raven came from ECW. Uh, there was nothing to me interesting about Raven. There was nothing unique about his promos. He, he wore a kilt. Uh, he had long hair. And he would say things like, quote the Raven. I think he even carried a stop sign with him. He came over from ECW, uh, which I didn't watch ECW. But he just really didn't do anything. Uh, there was nothing exciting about when he When he came on the screen, I, I, was, I was tuning out. I was doing other things. Kind of rolling my eyes after the first couple of times I saw him. He had a group with him called Raven's Flock that I that was never over with me. And I think Raven in general, uh, he definitely wasn't over with me. I don't think he was over with many people at all in WCW and wasn't there very long. But he was a big name at the time and just kind of mm-hmm. flatlined. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, Raven never... I, and, and I kind of wonder, is that the fault of the wrestler or is it the fault of creative at that time? Uh, I would... A lot of times, you know, especially listening to some of the other podcasts, and you mentioned Arn Anderson, I think about uh, Bischoff's podcast with, uh, I always forget his name, uh, and you always have to remind me. Oh, his Conrad. Name. Uh, Conrad. Conrad. Um, you know, 
I know that creative uh, has a lot to do a lot of times with the storylines and that the wrestlers a lot of times, you know, unless they just outright are refusing to do something. But that's typically the bigger names, you know, the guys that have more pull and can can say, no, I'm not going to do that. But uh, yeah, I would, I think, I, Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't I don't know that Raven had that kind of pull. Uh, I, I just wonder, you know, just I mean, right out of the shoot, I remember him coming in, you know, it was it was peak NWO time. And, uh, you know, people, you know, wondering there, one of the first, his first encounters, uh, on WCW was, you know, the NWO was ganging somebody and several different people came down to the ring to try to help sting. I believe was one of them and Raven jumped the guardrail. Cause you know, he usually sat in the audience yeah, and just that was his, brooded. That was yeah, um, he jumped the guardrail, and it looked like he was about to take a stand against the NWO. And I thought, well, that, that might have some potential uh, to see him band together with, you know, somebody. Uh, but, you know, they took it in this weird brood direction, and almost like they were trying to use the brood to uh, do something cruiserweightish. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. It just it never it never really panned out, and you know. For him to come in as a as a virtually unknown for WCW fans, uh, and uh, just immediately basically start whining, uh, you know that's that's not going to go very far. So I, yeah, I would I would agree with you on that one. Um, I lost my train of thought for a second there. Uh, so yeah, I think Raven. When I think about him, I think it was like if you took uh, Eddie Vedder and kind of mashed them together with Roddy Piper. Uh, but neither had neither the best. It looked like that. He just didn't have any of those great qualities of either. Just seemed like a just a very flat character. That um, it seems like he could have done more. It seemed like there was there's potential there, but you know, it just didn't seem like he had anything going on. Um, I know that my my next one is gonna just tick you off what I'm gonna say, and that's okay. Uh, Brett the Hitman Heart was never over with me. Uh, I don't find his character interesting. I didn't like his promos. Um, I didn't, I just, even when he was partners with Jim the Anvil and Neidhart, I just never saw him as someone who was, and I know he was, so I'm just saying for me, for me, like he just couldn't carry the entire organization like WWE. Like he just, to me, he's not. He's not the main superstar, but I know a lot of people like him. I know you're a big fan, but Brett the Hitman Heart was just never over with me. He seemed like a really just boring character. Well, let me uh, let me do this. Let me let me backpedal some of the things that I may have said before. Um, I don't, I don't know that I would say that I was a big fan, and if I if I've if I've put that out there, then then I'm gonna I'm gonna as I say, backpedal that a little bit. Um, there are moments and things about Bret Hart that I enjoy. Um, I enjoy the Montreal screw job. I enjoy watching that and seeing how mad he gets. Um, and, you know, I enjoy the conspiracy theory surrounding that. Was it real? Was it not? What's the deal there? Um, I, I think that I've seen him give some excellent promos and I've seen him give some garbage promos. Uh, you know, I, would, I would consider I, anything he did in WCW to be garbage. Nothing there was interesting at all for his run, which I, I think agree was with less that. than a year. You know, I, one thing that I would also have to say is that I feel like I might even have some gaps in my WCW time um, between his arrival uh, and, you know, and, and, and then he joined the NWO and then I don't know a whole lot about, I don't, I, I was reading or listening or something to, uh, Bischoff and Conrad touch on, uh, Bret Hart's career a lot. And Bischoff's not a big Bret Hart fan, as you obviously know. Um, but I think that feeling is certainly mutual, but like, I don't have any recollection of Goldberg spearing him and Hart wearing a, like a, yeah, a I remember that plate metal. Like, I don't remember that. Um, I don't remember, um, you know, a, a whole lot about his time beyond that. At first it seemed like he was going to fight against the NWO 
And then he joined the NWO. And then it was like, and I don't know, maybe that just turned me off because it's like, come on, you're adding somebody else to the NWO. Isn't that kind of a problem already? So, I, I think it's safe to say that, uh, that uh, Vincent in the NWO did more than Bret Hart did. <laughs> and any, any wrestling fan out there will truly understand that. Yeah, yeah. Vincent served his purpose. I just didn't find Bret Hart exciting. His look with the, the long, slick, wet hair, the sunglasses, um, you know. And if you, to me, the kid, the I, someone's not going to be over with me when you have to explain that they're when this phrase is used. I'm out. Pound for pound, pound for pound, they're the best technical wrestler in the world. To me, yep, that means I they're small, and and they're. The that's like this that phrase is trying to put them over on itself uh, from the announcers. Well, and I understand that, and I mean I know that you could name several wrestlers that they've said that about, and or the, I could the probably next name my next I could probably name is, them for you. That category. Um, but I also know that if I were to sling out some names that they have described that way, that you'd be like, no, I like him because we've done this before. Maybe Dean Malenko, but you would also say that about Ray Mysterio. I wouldn't. Ray Mysterio's... Ray Mysterio's entertaining and great. Like I watch him. I miss Ray Mysterio is so over with me because every time I watch a Ray Mysterio match, it's great because right, but the, his actions the are point, better than his promos. But the point is that they say that about Ray Mysterio. They shouldn't. <laughs> he didn't need it. Bret Hart needs it because they're trying to convince you. Like you should believe this guy is is great because we're telling you he's great anyway all right so uh give us another one scott who was someone who was uh over but not over for you over but not over for me is i'm gonna start the list with jeff jarrett oh totally agree i i don't um, know what jeff jarrett is I, I i i can't i can't i've been trying to figure out for years now because he is still talked about um, and you know, I think, I think I love hearing about, uh, more than anything else about the, uh, the Venetian blind, yeah. uh, uh, outfit costume, whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah, those are the tights uh, for but, anyone who's not, what's there, the, like a silvery pants, sometimes white too, come up to the right. waist and the front, yes. there's like three straps that come up the middle across his chest. Uh -huh. So almost like a yeah. turtleneck thing around his neck. Uh, yes. back when he had long and, hair too. Yes. Yes. And I just, I never, ever, ever understood why, you know, anytime I can say that, boy, I really hope Steve Mongo McMichael beats the crap out of you, <laughs> then you're probably pretty bad. Uh, and that was the way I felt about Jeff Jarrett. I just, I could not, I, there was nothing about him that appealed to me. I, I still don't. I, the, I still didn't get him. The first time I ever saw him was I, I had been away from wrestling for a little while. I'm back into WCW with with the NWO. And the horsemen are uh, Arn, Flair, Mongo McMichael, and Jeff Jarrett, mm -hmm. who still mm -hmm. is not considered a horseman. But I still right. couldn't figure out why this guy was hanging out with the horsemen. Uh, he, he, uh, Jeff Jarrett's just... He's he's annoying. I'm not sure if that's the like. Is that a kayfabe? Is that intentional? Is that a, I just don't get him. Uh, and I don't. Yeah. I, I I don't really. When he comes on, I just want to change the channel. I don't want to watch. Yeah, I felt like he was kind of like um, uh, the honky tonk man, just with bleach blonde hair. Yeah, you know, I thought about the honky tonk man, but the honky tonk man was so hated, he was over. Because yeah. when he would come on, you'd want him to just get his his butt kicked because he was just so annoying. Way to keep it family friendly there. I did. I did. Uh, the shake, rattle, roll, one of the lamest moves. I watched a match recently yeah. on Saturday Night Main Event from 89. Um, i trying to remember who he wrestled. But the shake, rattle, roll, not, not an impressive move at all. Well, I mean... <sighs> So yeah, but the the guy we let off with had one of the worst finishing moves of all time. Oh, we don't we don't have to sit here and criticize Hulk Hogan. Um, do you remember? <laughs> so for for anyone who doesn't know, Honky Tonk Man was like an Elvis impersonator, slicked back yes. hair, big sideburns, uh -huh. carried a guitar, mm -hmm. even had a song uh -huh. called the Honky Tonk Man. Came originally came mm -hmm. on as one of Hulk Hogan's friends. 
uh, you know, like Hillbilly mm-hmm. Jim or George's Animal Steel. Right. Uh, and then the he was clearly not getting over with the fans, so they had a mm-hmm. poll where like eighty percent of the people <laughs> disapproved of him. So he turned heel, got with Jimmy mm-hmm. Hart, was mm-hmm. intercontinental champion for a record number of months, um, and yeah. so he definitely became over in that regard. Okay, so right. moving on to my next one, I think you agree with this. Um, I'll do I'll do this one. Give you another one. We're going to move on down the list, but um. Any time that, the, with the exception, there's one exception to this, and you're, you're going to be able to tell me as soon as I talk about this, is any celebrity referee, celebrity wrestler, whether it's Dennis Rodman, Kevin Green, um, Jay Leno, for God's sakes, Carl Malone. David Arquette. David Arquette. None of it over with me. But who's the, who's the one exception to that? Mr. T. Exactly. Mr. T was oh, Mr. T put Hulk Hogan over. I mean, Mr. Yes, T is agreed. is in a class by himself. Uh, yes. Who should be respected at all times. Yes. Uh, Mr. T will always be over for me uh, as B.A. Brockus, as Mr. T wrestling with Hulk Hogan in in anything. Mr. T is always a hundred percent over with me. But the as other, Clever Lang. Yeah, over. But none of the I can't think of a, another celebrity wrestler um, that. David Arquette, I won't even, I don't even talk about that. Uh, that was that I felt like, yeah, this is awesome. They're great. I can't wait for them. Um, and he was world champion for like ten days. Yeah, that that it's not even worth discussing. So yeah, is is there another one for you that was just never over for you? I would say that, and this is where I'm going to draw probably some fire from you. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express were never over for me. Jeez, that's okay. I mean, like I said, you can have that opinion. Those guys are—they're up there with Hulk Hogan on my list. I, I love the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't. Please don't take away my making fun of Hogan's finishing move. Is not loving Hulk, the Hulkster. Well, let's, let's say for fans, you know, Rock and Roll awesome. Express were at their peak from like maybe 85 to 87. World Tag Team Champions, famous for their feud against the Midnight Express. It's uh, uh, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson were, were they are almost the definition of over uh, for a short period of time. There was, there were, there was nothing more over in the Rock and Roll Express in the NWA. And, and so, so let me say this, I, I feel like I've, you know, I've, I've, I've been more than fair in giving you your opportunity to justify your, your, your folks. I think that, that, that the reason this, and, and remember, I mean, we're talking about what, 35 years ago now. Um, I, so, so hindsight and, and memory may fade a little bit, but I, I think that maybe what did it, I did not like the feud between Ricky Morton and Ric Flair. Really? I liked the Rock and Roll Express as a tag team. No, I I'm not, I will not argue that at all. I agree they were they were better much better as a tag team than they were separate. Uh, Robert Gibson could not exist without Ricky Morton, but as a tag team I right. thought they were great. Just like it's, the, like it's like George Michael and Andrew Ridgely. Right. Yeah, that's kind of true. Or the, the Midnight Express without Jim Cornette would have been nothing. Right, right. Yeah, I, I just, you know, it, it it bothered me that, you know, I, I, that I felt like I was cheering for Flair during those matches because I was like, and Flair always called him, called him and his fans the teeny boppers. Oh, the, the one where he threw yeah. the training bra, bra in Ricky Morton's face yes. in, yes. in Atlanta at the TBS studio. Was... Yes, yes. I just, you know, that I, I liked them as as tag teams, and 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 I think that maybe it also was, you know, I'm a big fan of a good finishing move, you know, and and the double drop kick, just, I mean, yes, I know it was electric at the time and all that good stuff, but it just it was kind of like the big leg of Hulk Hogan, you know. I always wanted the Hulkster to 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 get beyond himself and do something more like a superplex or something like that. I don't know. It was just one of those things. I, it, it, I don't like a move to be a finishing move that in any other match is just a regular move. I that's that actually makes, a really yeah no I get that that makes sense to me. Like why is to, yeah. 
and Ronnie Garvin's hands a stone. I just think it's the right. silliest. Right. Right. Uh, you know, hands are so I, hard that he's. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I, that doesn't make sense to me. Like someone does a, a suplex uh, body slam, and and for someone else, that's like it knocks you out. Doesn't make doesn't make sense. That's why it's not over. Right. Right. And so that leads me. So you, you've only given me two, by the way. You've taken three, and you've given me two. But and you were about to move on. I could sense it. I am about to move on. So I'm going to give my third. Get your third in. My third is Sweet Chin Music, and Shawn Michaels. Oh yeah, I, well I'm with you on that one. I'm not a Shawn Michaels is never over with me. I I mean, and and he may be the biggest, not ever over with me of all. Um, you know, the Rock and Roll Express. I, I use them just because I remember thinking as a kid, I want more. I want more. I like the high flying. I want more than a double dot drop kick. And I want you guys to stay together as a tag team. Um, Jeff Jarrett, he was just annoying as all get out. But Sean, but ne- the Rock and Roll Express were very big for a couple of years. Jeff Jarrett was never really big, period, except for like now in hindsight, for some reason, everybody talks about but Jeff he was, Jarrett. He was big in that, that era that I didn't watch from like, you know, the, the early 2000s till the you know, maybe 2012, that TNA era. I never watched TNA. But he was older then. So I don't, I don't really get that. Yeah, I, I anyway, don't know. That... I don't recall. Like, he seemed to be middle-aged in WCW in the late 90s. But where did yeah. he come from? I, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. So, but, but Shawn Michaels, that I just feel like there's no excuse for. There's just no excuse for that. Um, he, his, his promos annoyed me. You know, and, and I think that sucks, too, because, all right, like, uh, you think about the members of, of, of DX. You know, I love Triple H. I love the New Age Outlaws. I even tolerated Sean Waltman's lack of mic skills. But he was playing a role, and I understood that role. Sean Michaels, I just... Nothing. I got I got nothing that appeals to me for him as a babyface. You know, when he was had that run as commissioner, uh, I got nothing uh, for him as a heel. Uh, I got nothing with the sweet chin music. I mean, it's, you kick somebody in the face. I mean, I guess you know maybe if you're Ralph Macchio, that works. But beyond that, I just I can't. I, I'm I'm not a I'm not a fan. I think, I think uh, saying Dan, Daniel Daniel yeah, Larusa instead of Ralph Macchio works. Okay. Yeah. Well, I could I could I could have said that. You're you're right. Um. So yeah. So those those would be off of you know. In the time that that I've been thinking about this, those those are the three that I I really came up with. Um, and and I probably did them in the wrong order. I should have done Rock and Roll Express first because they were the least not over with me. I, I mean, I, I would say the most positive things about them, followed by Jarrett, followed by Shawn Michaels. I think for but, for me and Shawn Michaels, he would. I think he came out of the AWA, which I used to watch in afternoons in ESPN. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think Shawn Michaels is over for me coming out of the AWA, and then his run with Marty Jannetty as the Rockers. They were they yeah. were pretty good, but anything after that, Shawn Michaels to me is is a lead character, or a, mm-hmm. a, just the top build wrestler. It just didn't work, and I'm with you. The right. stomping his foot and kicking somebody in the face, not a very yeah. exciting ending for me. He, he had an epic right. match with Ric Flair in Tampa at one of the WrestleManias, um, mm-hmm. where he beat Flair, and it just that I don't know. It just it it's it's missing something for me when I watch him. Well, well, and you know, like, like if the Rock's finishing move had been the People's Elbow, then I would have said the same thing about him. But that was a setup, right? You know? That was that was to get you to the Rock Bottom, um, and which was, you know, a, a, a perfectly good move. I think we see too uh, much nowadays, and, I, and I've watched a little bit of AEW, which I generally like because I watched a six-man tag that was really good the other night. Unfortunately, I can't tell you who any of the wrestlers were, um, right? But um, I could tell from what the announcers are saying, many of them were applying signature moves that, that weren't ending the match. And when it happens too much, that just devalues the signature move. I know that's kind of off topic. Right. Um, Agreed. No, no. Uh, yeah. That, that is that. 
I mean, we could actually do a, a cast about what's wrong with wrestling. Right. <laughs> but it, but I, think and, a, I think for me, AEW kind of has it, it. It definitely had that. It had that feel of. Uh, it's the closest to having the feel of what the NWA or Jim Crocker promotions had. And part of that is because they have the connections with Tony Schiavone being being an announcer. They have a really interesting uh, wrestler on there called Dan Housen. Have you seen him? No. He's got this bizarre makeup, and he comes in like this Dracula cape. And it was a, he's a little bit... It's like, I think he's saying is like he's a little bit good, but a little bit evil. And you mm-hmm. really can't figure out what he is. And that, that yep. intrigues me. Um, all right, so quick. this is a quick lightning round that is not on our outline. So... Uh, I'm going to say, I'll say something, uh, a category about a wrestler. You can tell me uh, the first the first wrestler or wrestlers out of your mind when I give this category that were most over for you. Just the first okay. ones that come on, okay? Tag team. Uh, the Outsiders. I would have said British Bulldogs. Um, for me, at least. Uh, how about uh, best gimmick? Best gimmick. And I, and I hate to give examples because that would, uh, yeah, Brutus the Barber Geek Beefcake would cut hair, that, that kind of thing. Or, you know, they did something a little okay. extra. Or okay. Um, had a persona. Best, best gimmick. I, I mean, I, off the top of my head, if I'm, I'm just having to spit things out, anything that Jim Cornette did. Hmm, interesting. I liked it. I, Jim Cornette, should've, I should have said him as one of the top, top things in wrestling being over. Anytime Jim Cornette talked, it was outstanding. Yes, uh, he's absolutely. still great. Uh, I, yeah. For me, gimmicks. I would. I don't know. It's like they both come out at the same time. I think of Coco Beware and Junkyard Dog. <laughs> um, well, clearly not the best. Like they were just over for me because of their gimmick. Like I just, I, I liked they were doing. Uh, I, you know, I also liked. Um, I liked the whole. Of course, this is going along with the who I said was my was my the tag team that was most over with for me, and I also. Having, and I know this is we're supposed to be a little more spontaneous here, but America's team was also a great tag team for me. Um, Who was that? Dusty and Dusty and Magnum. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Um, uh, but when you know when we the should, outsiders we, we, come, how did we not mention Dusty Rhodes is like you know eternally I, over? I know. I know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, when um, anytime uh, Scott Hall would come out doing NWO promos. That was, that was a great gimmick. Yeah. Uh, the same thing could be said for Jesse James with, with DX. Um, not Jesse James. Uh, yeah, Jesse James. Road Dog, Jesse James. Yeah. Um, the, those two, for I, me, D, DX was uh, one of those ones that was over as the bad guys. Uh, but I didn't, yes. I didn't like them, but you know, they were really entertaining. Um, and The Undertaker's gimmick, his, his original gimmick, the whole just the graveyard, before it got really crazy, um, was always a good gimmick in my mind. So, was there anyone who's over in WCW for you, but not in WWE? Over in WCW, but not in WWE. So they were in WCW and they went to WWE. Yeah. Um, Which essentially almost happened to everybody around 2000. Uh, right. So there's not a bunch of dead air. Do you have somebody off the top of your yeah, head? Goldberg. I'm, I'm... Oh, uh, yeah. Goldberg's my biggest. Goldberg was the superstar of WCW uh, in 97, uh, you know, end mm-hmm. of 96 going through 97 into 98. And I know he's been the champion in WWE, but just never, never to the level of what he, when he beat Hulk Hogan in the Georgia Dome in, I think it was August of 97. Uh, yeah. That was a great moment. Uh, but just a few years later, just just to me, he was never over. His 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 thing was, and it, and he was one of those ones where it's, it's where it's important to understand over too. Is like it wasn't even I just didn't like him. He just was like, eh, like did nothing either anyway for me. I didn't hate him, but I just didn't. It's like okay, Goldberg's out there. I mean, he's, he even wrestled like a year ago at WrestleMania. I'm like, get rid of him. I'm just I don't want to see him anymore. He wrestled that recently. Yeah. Yeah, he wrestled wow. uh is it Brock Lesnar. Wow. Who won? Goldberg. Wow. So, um Booker T. Oh, that's a good one. Uh did not get over one in half of WWE. Heat. Yeah. Um 
And, you know, he had a pretty good, uh, I mean, he was in one of the last main events of, you know, the fall on the fall of WCW. Um, you know, obviously Sting didn't get over in WWE since he never went. Uh, right. Um, you know, there's, uh, and, and then I think we could start moving down into some, some flair was always best in WCW. Yeah. If, uh, or, yeah. Or what NWA. was, you know, NWA Jim Crocker promotions or WCW. Yeah. Right. That was, yeah. that was his yeah. thing. That was the right audience for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, but the, you know, there's, there's several mid mid card guys that didn't, you know, pan out. Well, um, I feel like buff, buff Bagwell kind of flopped in WWE. Um, I don't, I don't even know how long he was there. Yeah. I don't think it was very um, long. So I'm trying to think who else might have, I mean, so this is more was in WCW, went to WWE, came back to W. I mean, you know, I always Scott Hall and Kevin Nash being Scott Hall and Kevin, Kevin Nash was much better than racer Ramon and big daddy. Oh Diesel. yeah. Cause the, cause they're unleashed as themselves. And they're, right. and they're really good yeah. as themselves. They don't. Yeah. They don't need a gimmick or a character to get over. They just need to start talking, and they're they're over. And not everyone can do that. And, and I think that's what made me like them so much is because they did that before Stone Cold did. Right. You know that, that McMahon realized what Bischoff had done with the NWO, and and I think that his his creative idea was to say, well, they did that with heels. What if I did that with a baby face, you know, and, and I, th I really do believe that it was as simple as that. And, and it worked, uh, probably worked better for me. I mean, it certainly worked better for McMahon in the end than, uh, than it did for, for Bischoff. So, so is there somebody who was over when, when you were younger, but not now? And I have, I have one in mind if you need a second to think. Well, I, I, I'm not sure I understand the, the question, okay, so tell so, me yours and explain it. Okay, so I'm thinking back to when I was like a, a in middle school watching wrestling, and it's at its peak. Mm -hmm. and, a, mm -hmm. and a wrestler was really over with me then was George the Animal Steel. Mm -hmm. But if I watch those matches now and I see him come to the ring, I'm just rolling my eyes like, this is this is stupid. <laughs> it just, it's not, his character to me is not appealing. His weird fascination with Elizabeth, the green tongue. Uh, the fact that he was like a mentally challenged person, uh, it just, it worked when I was younger, but when I watch it now, I'm just kind of like, I just, why, why was I into that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, now that, now that I hear you say that, obviously I'm going to, and, and I love him. So please understand this, but Andre the giant. Oh, I, you I know mean, what? That's funny. I, that's one for me too, that he was like this kind of mythical figure, but I, yeah, just not, not. Not as much so when I was younger. I mean, is you watch his matches; they're terrible. Yeah, he barely. Moves. I mean, he didn't. Nothing happens. Yeah, yeah. and you know, that's it's, uh, you know, what are you going to do with that? And and <laughs> this is one of those things where in the South we would say, "Bless your heart, bless their hearts." Uh, but when they tried to turn him heel, you know. Yeah, I didn't just, like didn't like that at all. No, I didn't either. But and I um, think that that had to the only reason for that. Well, I have in mind. Well, why do you think they turned him heel? I think there was a very specific reason. Um, I mean, I'm sure it had to have something to do with Hulk and the title. I, I think it had uh, to do with Heenan being his, you know, could really speak for him because yeah. and Andre didn't cut a great promo. Uh, right. He was great next to Hogan or he was great next to Heenan, but Andre by himself was just not very interesting. But like you said, though, like we love Andre the Giant. Yeah. Okay, so Man, he it, has a posse. He does. He may, it, he made me think of this one. Uh, is there someone that you that you wish had been more over than they were? <laughs> so I don't know. So okay, so I've I've got one that popped into my head just because I well I've got actually two that popped in my head just because I thought they were funny for a little while. And I wonder how their careers could evolve. The first one is Alex Wright. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and the second one is Disco Inferno. So Al- uh, Alex Wright would have been, he was like a German. He, uh, yes. really right. he had like some kind of weird uh-huh. techno music and like a, yes. a leather jacket. And then Disco and Inferno. And he would do this dance yeah. with his elbows in the ring. It was, it was pretty hilarious. And he, he would try to say that nobody else could dance but him. Uh, and Disco Inferno was kind of a very similar gimmick. Um, and, and, and both of those guys, the, 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 the men themselves, they were, they were hilarious. Yeah. No, it's, uh, and, and Disco Inferno, I think even at one point at the end there joined the NWO when it was, you know, he did when, uh, everyone who walked into the arena was given a shirt and was a member at that right. point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Disco, Disco Inferno was interesting, but it goes back to, uh, Disco Inferno just really wasn't very interesting in the ring for me. Uh, and yeah. he always just kind of had the same promo over and over again. But I, I, I liked, I thought it was cool. I got the whole Disco Inferno thing. Uh, but yeah. Okay, so mine is uh, is a wrestler that you'll definitely recognize by name. That was very big uh, in the, especially the 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 earlier side of the eighties. That I, I just if you. If you say the Ultimate Warrior, I'm hanging up. No, I'm not a fan of the Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior was okay. never over for me. Uh, not a, that's, n- that's one we should have said too. In, yeah, in the- not only not only just not over, just not a fan at all. Uh, but but it's Agreed. Big, big John Stud. Uh, I always thought was a very entertaining wrestler. Uh, I generally enjoyed yeah. his matches. I think he was a tag team partner with Andre the Giant, maybe at one point, or maybe. Uh, King Kong Bundy. I'm not sure. He was King Kong Bundy for sure. Okay. Um, um, I, yeah. I just, he seemed like an interesting character to me, and yeah. I, I always wanted him to go up against Hulk more or have some kind of rivalry. But it just seemed like all of a sudden Big John Stud was gone. Uh, but when yeah. I think of Heenan, the first person I think of is Big John Stud. I just thought he was uh, he was a good heel. Yeah. He was. He yeah. was. He was huge. Probably seven. He was. I guess. I should look up his measurements. Um, probably close to seven feet tall, kind of long hair, kind of a beard. Yeah. 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 Um, I actually had, uh, you know, the wrestling action figures that they made during the Yeah, he was one of the first when, ones. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think that the first ones were um, him and Iron Sheik and Hulk and... Uh, or not, not him and Iron Sheik, him and uh, Roddy Piper and Hulk and JYD. I think they were the first four that they made. Or maybe Hulk and Andre. But I don't, I can't remember exactly. But yeah, he was among the first. It, yeah, he was, yeah, he kind of disappeared. Um, yeah, we're we're going to have to investigate right. this to give an update. Uh, yeah, because I, I, I'm looking yeah. at some pictures now. Um, he was 6'10. Uh, I don't know. 6'10. He's from Pennsylvania. I didn't know that. Um, Which I believe is, uh, that's Kevin Nash's height too, isn't it? 6'10"? I think that's right. Yeah, okay. I remember the star trunks. Um, curious if he was yeah. ever champion. Let's see here. If there was ever, like, you know, this a lot is... of these guys were uh, champions in um, in some of the smaller, um, you know, when they're regional. Well, I don't think he ever won a championship. Let's see. He was okay. I, I do remember when the the WWF was the WWWF. He was a tag team champion with the Executioner. He did win the Royal Rumble in '89, which that seems really late for him to still be around. And he is in the WWE Hall of Fame. But I just thought, if if I wish to me, I thought there was more. There was more there to that character. I, I'll have to find a podcast and and listen to learn more about him. Um, but that's the one that I think of. So. Um, let me give you some. I'm gonna give you some rapid fire here, and you're just gonna give me, just give me over or not over, okay? Okay. Uh, Sherry Martell. Not over. Same with me. Uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Over. Jim Cornette. Over. Slick. Not over. Classy Freddie Blassie. Over. Mister Fuji. Hmm. I'm gonna have to go. Can I go? <laughs> Neutral? <laughs> yeah. I'll go neutral there. I'm trying to think of who I'm missing here. Uh, Paul Ellering. I'm going to say not over. He kind of, yeah, I, I heard this on, uh, i trying to think who it was, if it was Conrad or uh, maybe Tony Schiavone. Sometimes Paul Ellering would come there at the end. Maybe Bischoff actually said this. Like, the Road Warriors would have this incredible promo. And they're just all energy and loud and fierce and huge. 
and then Paul Ellering kind of comes in at the end and just calms everything down. Mm-hmm. And and it just kind of just why was he at the end? Yeah, um, I can't think of a, of a manager. I'm trying to think if I missed a big manager there. Um, you did. But, you you missed Captain Lou Albano, oh, and he's over. Yeah, he would have been he's over. Over. Yeah, he helped. Yeah. He helped make Hulk Hogan over. Yeah. What about Baby Doll? Over, over for sure. Oh man, I forgot Jimmy Garvin. Jimmy Garvin will always be over for me. That guy was great. <laughs> Jimmy Garvin may be pound for pound <laughs> one of my favorites of all time. His, I just, I can't. His whole thing where he's like, Chief Wahoo McDaniel, where is that Indian? I haven't seen that Indian run around here. This. You, you can't oh, watch. Oh, he was great. And, and I have no idea, honestly, when I watch Jimmy Garvin, I'm still not sure if he was a babyface or a heel. Like he, and he wasn't an anti-hero. He was just Jimmy Garvin. He was a heel. I mean, he was definitely a heel. Um, uh, but he was a heel that it was really hard to not cheer for. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking um, of Precious when you said Baby Doll. Um, yes. Pre- uh, baby Doll, not over for me, by the way. Uh she, yeah, apparently at one point she was Andre the Giant too. Um, all right, let's see here. Uh, now here's here's a controversial topic for you. I've got okay. this is I've got two more left. This is one of the two cage matches over, not over, not over. Same with me. Uh, difficult to see on TV. No, I'm sorry. Yes. Difficult to see in person. If you if the camera's on the outside of the ring, it's very hard to see. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen a cage match where the person won by going out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and inexplicably, they always seem to climb up to the top to go over and, right. and can't seem to just jump down. Uh, right. Remember mm-hmm. that one on Saturday night main event where it was like Hulk Hogan and somebody else may have been macho man and the, and, mm-hmm. and their feet hitting the mat at the exact same times so they could determine the winner. Of course. So cage, I mat- mean that you just described literally like dozens and dozens of matches. Yeah. They're, they're, Cage matches are not over for me because they're all the same match. Right. The exception right. Of, a, of a gimmick match being the Skywalkers at uh, Starcade. I think it was either yes. 86 or 87. <laughs> it's just so dangerous. Uh, yes. And they, Agreed. And they had Agreed. Big Bubba I, Rogers falling into Jim Cornette. Yes. I, I, you know, I prefer, if it's going to be a gimmick, ma- gimmick match, I prefer like, uh, uh, I think it was, Jimmy Garvin and big, not Jimmy Garvin, Ronnie Garvin and big Bubba Rogers that did a Louisville street fight. Um, I, uh, I like the kind of stuff where, you know, not that there is something that you have to do, um, beyond just beat the crap out of your opponent. You know, I don't want a first one to touch the floor, first one to grab the belt all, that's hanging from the ceiling. The first, I don't want any of that garbage. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Money in the bank. I want, I want. Okay, if there's a fire extinguisher laying there, then you can spray it on them, or you can hit them over the head with it, or whatever you want to do. You know, I want all of that stuff. Um, so, you know, Mick Foley was always good for something. Oh like yeah, that, Mick, you know? Mick Foley was was outstanding. Now, one of the mm-hmm. things thinking about uh, that I struggle with to get today's wrestling over with me, I, I love the acrobatics. But like the mm-hmm. match I watched the other night that I did like in AEW, there was so much acrobatics, it wasn't special. And for some yeah. of those moves to land, the other wrestler has to really sell why they're standing in one spot for too long. Right. And it just seems silly. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, so agreed. here's my last one. Um, six, I think, and I know the answer to this, the six man tag team, um, over and not over. Over. Love it. Fantastic. Do more of them, but make them last longer. I think they're calling it the, the Trejos belt in AEW. That was a, I was watching a semifinals match in that tournament. Uh, so who is the first, the, the most over six man tag team of all time, or I guess we call it three, three man. Yeah. I thought the most o- the most over of all time. Yeah. So, are you asking who my favorite was or who I think's the most over? Who's the most uh, over? The, uh, that's the Russians. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, without question, it's it's Nikita and Ivan and Crusher Khrushchev. I would go with the Freebirds. Oh, Michael P.S.A.'s, Terry Gordy, and there's I don't remember the other guy. You should know this. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. 
A Funk was it? Um, no, it wasn't Terry Funk, was it? He wasn't the Freebirds, was he? Wasn't he? Wasn't know. it Terry Funk? Uh oh, <laughs> that's that that needs to be that. Where's Where's Ben? Uh, let's see. They were NWA, right? Yeah. Oops. Uh, yeah. We but I'm still going to go with the Russians. We do need a producer for this. I'm still going to go with the Russians. Um, although I saw some really good ones. One time I saw. Um, oh, I got that. But it's uh, uh, Michael Hayes, Buddy Roberts, Terry Gordy, and sometimes Jimmy Garvin. Okay, Jimmy Garvin. Yeah, he he was like a kind of in and out of that group. Okay. You know, we need um, to dedicate, we need to do research and just talk about Jimmy Garvin for an hour sometime. Yes, we do, and see if we can't get him on the podcast. I would love that. That would be awesome. So, um, Jimmy, if you're that, out there, we want to formally invite you into the Nexus. Yes. It would be to your benefit. And and we would we would make you feel loved. And it'd be, it would be the live from Lilford's. Yes. So... Uh, but there, there are some really just excellent six-man matches, and 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 I just hated, and I feel like this happens every time, and I don't know why I'm so dumb to get my expectations up, but anytime there's a six-man match, it's not going to last more than four minutes. It's true. It's just not. I mean, and and I hate that because it could be so good. You know, uh, I would say that probably one of the best ones that I personally have have witnessed was was that bash at the beach where Hogan turned. Yeah, um, that was although good... although they knocked Luger out way too early. Right. That was that was the problem. Uh, Arn Anderson made a good point about that though. He's like the problem with the six man tag match is what works in a regular tag team doesn't work is like and it's a four man tag, it's easy to keep track of who the legal man is. In the six tag six man tag when you get everyone in the ring, it's hard for the the audience to figure out who's the legal man in the ring and who are you supposed to watch. Well, the thing about it that Arn needs to understand, yeah, and rule, I really rule number one feel, Nexus is we don't we don't question Arn Anderson. I really feel strange correcting Arn, but it is that we're not interested in who's the legal man. We want to see these guys duke it out. And if four of them are fighting it out on the floor while two are in the ring, so be it. But let them fight. Don't, don't end it by a DQ or don't knock the referee out, you know, 90 seconds into the match and don't get, you know, two of the superstars knocked out cold or, you know, or have them chase some other guy that wasn't even part of the match out of the arena or some crap like that. And, let it go. And, let and it play knocking out. out the referee. Never over with me. Never over with me. Never, never, ever, ever. Never. Yes. Agreed. But I just, you know, there are so many matchups that could have been just so amazing and awesome. Um, I saw, um, uh, uh, flair and the Andersons, uh, take on, Dusty Magnum and superstar Billy Graham at the Greenville Memorial Auditorium. And the DQ was probably within two and a half minutes. Uh, you know, and, and it was probably something stupid like a low blow <laughs> or something like that. Because they used to DQ a lot, lot quicker back in those days. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I just, you know, those kind of things, I, I, I mean let this play out because you've built up all this hype that, Hey, Hogan and the outsiders are going to take on uh, Luger and DDP and a mystery partner in our main event tonight, you know, and you built it up and then all of us are smart enough to be watching the clock to yeah, know that. Okay. It's, it's 955. It's, it's going to be over in five yes, minutes. Right. And so we all, we all get that. Come on. You know, I know that, uh, I know that, you know, and, and, and this is one of the things that Bischoff talks about a long time, that you're not going to get uh, so-and-so out there to work a 25-minute match. You know, not everybody's Dean Malenko the workhorse. Uh, but you could give us 12 minutes, 15 minutes. Come on. Especially in a six-man match where, you know, for the first six or seven minutes, it's not going to be a Donnybrook. It's going to follow the rules and, you know, people are going to be tagging in and out. Come on. Surely you can give us more than that. 
Yeah, I, I just a six man match is an awesome opportunity to really pull a hall uh, a hall of justice or a justice league against the Legion of Doom uh, in in a in a good versus evil setting. And you really get to see a lot of your superstars interacting. Yeah. And that, that to me is just an awesome thing. Well, that brings us to the end of our discussion about who's over, but not over with us. Scott, do you have anything to add? Only that the Mike Schmidt trivia question for this evening is going to be an opinion based one. Okay. All right. So if you were, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure this is already a buzz in Vegas, but if you were laying odds on whether or not Mike and Donna are going to return our, 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 ex- our, uh, extensive number of calls to, uh, host their, uh, 50th wedding anniversary, what would you say our odds are as far as being in our favor? Eight to one. Eight to one in our, in our eight to one against in our favor. Okay. Keep you in mind, I have no idea how odds work. Yes, understood. Um, so, okay. Well, that, you know, I feel like we've really accomplished a lot here tonight. Uh, we have. I look forward to uh, seeing uh, how this progresses in our, our listenership. And uh, for those of you out there, from all of us to all of you, uh, good night. Have a pleasant tomorrow. Okay. And uh, Ben will edit this part out. Uh, Scott, you don't have to hang up just yet.